0: Welcome, everyone, to another thrilling episode of Absolutely Not True Crime. I'm your host, Jackie, and as always, I'm joined by my trusty sidekick, Steve. How are you doing today, Steve?
1: Oh, you know me, Jackie, always ready for a good mystery and a bad pun. I'm doing great. Excited to dive into another intriguing case with you.
0: Fantastic. And for our listeners out there, this is episode three, and we have a real treat in store for you today. The title of this episode is Zombie Noir, A Dark Journey into the Criminal Underbelly of the Undead.
1: Ooh, sounds like a spine-chilling adventure. But for our new listeners, Jackie, could you give them a brief background about our podcast?
0: Absolutely, Steve. Absolutely Not True Crime is a podcast where we explore fascinating and bizarre crime stories that, well, aren't exactly true... We love diving into the realm of the unknown, examining mysteries that often blur the line between fact and fiction. It's all about unraveling the secrets, dissecting the details, and getting lost in the thrill of these captivating tales.
1: That's right, Jackie. We're here to entertain, intrigue, and sometimes even make you laugh with our witty banter.
0: Absolutely. And today's episode, Zombie Noir, takes us back to 1921 in New York City, where a series of crimes with a supernatural twist left the whole city in awe. It's a tale of mystery, revenge, and the unexpected. So buckle up, listeners, because you're in for one heck of a ride.
1: So grab your detective hats and your sense of humor, and let's jump right into Zombie Noir, a dark journey into the criminal underbelly of the undead.
0: That's right, Steve. Stay tuned as we uncover the truth behind this captivating crime story. It's going to be a wild adventure.
1: That's right. We do this podcast because we love sharing these intriguing stories with you all. Your continued listenership means the world to us.
0: Before we delve into the thrilling tale of Zombie Noir, we'd like to take a moment to address our listeners. At this time, we don't have any sponsors for the podcast, but we want to express our sincere gratitude f- to all of you for your support and for tuning into Absolutely Not True Crime.
1: And don't forget to spread the word about Absolutely Not True Crime. Share it with your friends, family, or anyone who enjoys a good mystery. Your enthusiasm and support mean the world to us.
0: Absolutely. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to support us, we invite you to consider becoming a patron on our Patreon page. Your contributions will help us in creating more thrilling content and bringing you even more captivating crime tales. Thank you again, dear listeners. Now, let's dive into Zombie Noir, a dark journey into the criminal underbelly of the undead. Let's paint the picture. New York City, 1921. The City That Never Sleeps, was shaken awake by an incident beyond the realm of the ordinary. A small, unassuming speakeasy tucked away in a dim corner of the Lower East Side, known as The Final Jig, was the heart of our tale. Fast Fingers Freddy, a notorious owner of this den, was found lifeless one frosty November morning, but that's not where Freddy's story ends.
1: Wait, so he was a zombie, you're saying?
0: Exactly, Steve. Freddy was found dead, then later, found alive. The first time, Lucy, the loyal barmaid, found him cold and unmoving on the speakeasy floor. The local doctor declared him gone. But Freddy shocked everyone by waking up later that evening in the morgue, giving the poor coroner a heart attack.
1: Nothing like a zombie to really liven up the place, eh?
0: Indeed. But it was after his resurrection that things took a dark turn. Freddy wasn't just a bar owner anymore. He turned into a one-man crime wave, starting with an inexplicable string of robberies around the city. Each time, the victims reported a strange, pale man with a vacant look in his eyes. Newspapers, from the New York Times to the Daily Mirror, reported these bizarre occurrences, dubbing the phenomenon as the zombie noir case. Eyewitness accounts spoke of a figure who seemed not quite alive, yet not quite dead. It was chilling. Freddie's second life was less about living and more about feeding an insatiable
1: hunger. So Freddie went from fast fingers to frightening fingers?
0: You could say that, Steve. And this was just the beginning of our uncanny journey into the strange underbelly of the 1920s New York, where the underworld had a whole new meaning. Let's delve a bit deeper into the key players and the broader context that paints the backdrop of the surreal saga. Fast Fingers Freddy, or Zombie, wasn't always in the spotlight. Born Frederick Gaines, he was an orphan who found a home in the bustling streets of Lower East Side. He was known for his skill in dice and card games, thus earning him his nickname. Freddy eventually took his love for games and drinks, turning it into a speakeasy business that would become infamous.
1: And the barmaid, Lucy, did she have any life before this?
0: Ah, Lucy. She was more than a mere witness to Freddie's transformation. An immigrant from Ireland, Lucy found employment and a strange sort of family in the final jig. Over time, her relationship with Freddie grew from professional to personal, making her discovery of his lifeless body all the more traumatic. Now, let's not forget about the crime landscape of 1920s New York. Prohibition, an era that forced the booze business into the shadows, also saw the rise of crime syndicates. It was a time when the line between the law and the outlaws was often blurred.
1: Sounds like the perfect time for a zombie to start a crime spree.
0: Indeed. Freddy's resurrection and subsequent crime wave occurred amidst a city grappling with its own lawlessness. His strange condition and eerie exploits added a supernatural flavor to an already chaotic time. While everyone was busy trading rumors about Al Capone and his ilk, here was Freddy, the local enigma who literally came back from the dead, creating his own storm of chaos. The zombie noir case became a sensation that both terrified and fascinated the public, leaving an indelible mark on the city's criminal history.
1: So, Freddy was the underworld boss in the most literal sense.
0: Precisely, Steve. Steve. And as we peel back more layers, we find that the tale of zombie noir is as much about the era as it is about its undead protagonist. The crime wave caused by Freddy sent shockwaves through the city. Law enforcement were on high alert, but how do you hunt a man who's already been declared dead? The first crime scene was a jewelry store, where an invaluable diamond necklace had vanished. No sign of forced entry, no fingerprints left behind, but the store owner reported a chilling encounter with a pale, listless man just before closing time.
1: Our first expert guest, Detective Gregory McDowell. Welcome. Glad to be here. Yes, the crime scene had a stump. Our usual methods seemed ineffective against this unusual perp. But then we noticed a pattern. All Freddy's victims reported seeing him before their valuables disappeared.
0: And how did law enforcement adapt their approach to catch our zombie?
1: We conducted stakeouts at places Freddy used to frequent, interviewed his old acquaintances. Lucy, the barmaid, was especially helpful. She gave us insights into Freddy's habits, places he liked. Every lead brought us closer. But Freddy always seemed to be one step ahead. A slippery zombie, huh?
0: Indeed. The investigation hit many obstacles. Freddy's death certificate made things legally complicated. The supernatural nature of the case also attracted lots of unwanted attention, making it harder to separate facts from rumors. Our officers also made mistakes. Freddy's former speakeasy, the final jig, wasn't thoroughly searched until much later. There, we found a hidden basement where Freddy presumably planned his heists, a key piece of evidence overlooked
1: initially. Sounds like a thriller movie. Only this was real.
0: True, Steve. The zombie noir case was a dark journey, pushing the boundaries of our understanding of life, death, and everything in between. As the investigation continued, a breakthrough seemed elusive. For seemingly phantom-like spree of crimes was nothing short of a conundrum for the law enforcement. But then, an unexpected discovery in the final jig, Freddy's former speakeasy, gave the investigators the break they needed. In a hidden basement, they found a collection of vials containing an unusual liquid.
1: Sounds like a secret lab from a pulp novel.
0: You're not far off, Steve. This unassuming basement turned out to be the game-changer. Forensic science, in its early stages, had a field day analyzing the contents of these vials. It was a potent narcotic, unidentified at the time, but was soon to become the key to unlocking the mystery of our zombie.
1: So, it wasn't any supernatural power, but a bad brew that turned Freddy into a walking nightmare?
0: Exactly. The narcotic had an extremely rare property. It slowed down bodily functions to a point where they were almost indiscernible, mimicking death. Freddy, having unknowingly consumed this, was declared dead. When the effects of the narcotic wore off, he woke up, but the compound had caused significant damage to his neurological functions, leading to personality changes and the onset of his crime spree. It wasn't magic or a curse that brought about zombie noir. Instead, it was the dangerous game of illicit drug manufacturing and distribution being played in the shadowy corners of Prohibition-era New York.
1: So. Freddy was more of a science experiment gone wrong than a horror movie monster.
0: A very apt way to put it, Steve. The tale of zombie noir, as it turns out, was as much a story of criminal science as it was a tale of true crime. The chase for Freddy, our elusive zombie, intensified as law enforcement closed in on his trail. Determined to put an end to his crime spree, they followed leads, conducted interviews, and painstakingly pieced together the puzzle. Before the capture, There were several significant events that unfolded. The investigators discovered a pattern in Freddy's targets, realizing that he was targeting individuals connected to the Underworld. This led them to believe that there was a personal motive behind his crimes.
1: Ah, so Freddy had some unfinished business to attend to.
0: Indeed, Steve. It seemed that Freddy's past had caught up with him, and his actions were driven by revenge. As they dug deeper into his history, They uncovered a tangled web of betrayals, rivalries, and secrets. With this newfound insight, the investigators devised a plan to corner Freddy. They set up a sting operation, using one of Freddy's former associates as bait. Undercover officers posed as potential buyers of the stolen goods, hoping to lure him out of hiding. The operation was tense, with the stakes higher than ever, The moment of truth arrived when Freddy took the bait and agreed to meet the buyers at an abandoned warehouse on the outskirts of the city.
1: This sounds like a thrilling climax.
0: Indeed, Steve. The warehouse was dimly lit, with a palpable sense of danger in the air. As Freddy arrived, surrounded by an air of eerie calmness, the tension reached its peak. What happened next was a gripping confrontation between Freddy and the law enforcement officers. Shots were fired, and a fierce struggle ensued. Freddy's once supernatural persona was now pitted against the determination and skill of the officers. Finally, after a fierce battle, Freddy was apprehended and taken into custody. The reign of the zombie criminal had come to an end.
1: They finally caught him. What a roller coaster ride.
0: Indeed, Steve. The capture of Freddy marked the end of the zombie noir saga. It was the testament to the perseverance of law enforcement and the relentless pursuit of justice. But as the dust settled, questions remained. What drove Freddy to his life of crime? What other mysteries were yet to be unraveled? The aftermath of the capture would reveal surprising twists and turns, leading to a resolution that was as unexpected as the crimes themselves. As the zombie noir case comes to a close, it's important to reflect on the implications and lessons we can draw from this dark journey into the criminal underbelly of the undead. This case serves as a reminder that truth can be stranger than fiction. It highlights the power of perception and the dangers of jumping to supernatural conclusions. It reminds us that even in the most extraordinary circumstances, there are often rational explanations rooted in the human experience.
1: So, no zombies or vampires? Just a man caught up in a bad drug trip?
0: Exactly, Steve. The Zombie Noir case demonstrates the impact of narcotics and the far-reaching consequences they can have on individuals and society. Beyond that, this case sheds light on the Prohibition era and the complexities of a time marked by illicit activities and blurred lines between the law and criminal underworld. It invites us to examine the social dynamics and the motivations that drive individuals to the fringes of society. In the end, the Zombie Noir case reminds us of the resilience of law enforcement and the power of collaboration and innovation in solving crimes. It highlights the importance of perseverance, adaptability, and the constant quest for truth in the face of adversity.
1: A truly gripping tale, Jackie. I'm sure our listeners will be captivated by this journey into the unknown.
0: Thank you, Steve. And to our listeners, we want to express our heartfelt appreciation for joining us on this thrilling ride. If you enjoyed Zombie Noir, A Dark Journey into the Criminal Underbelly of the Undead, consider supporting our podcast on Patreon, or connecting with our community on social media platforms like Twitter and Instagram. Remember, the world of crime is vast, and there are always more stories to uncover. Stay curious, stay vigilant, and until our next gripping tale, be safe. So, keep exploring, keep questioning, and most importantly, keep listening. Until next time, this is Jackie
1: and Steve signing off from Absolutely Not True Crime. Stay curious, folks.
0: Next time on Absolutely Not True Crime. Get ready to embark on another gripping investigation as we delve into a baffling case that defies all logic. Join us as we uncover the secrets of a haunted mansion, where whispers of paranormal activity and a chilling murder echo through its halls. Prepare yourself for Shadows of Deception, Unraveling the Mystery of the Haunted Manor.